Ladies and gentlemen. What you gonna do? Brother, 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 brother. Welcome back to the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. It is July 1st, Friday, July 1st, and it is Ryan here with the Impact Power Hour, another solo episode. Angelo is on vacation. Uh, Myself and Pat, I believe, will be watching Against All Odds tonight, Uh, so most likely we will be doing a recap of that either tonight or sometime this weekend. Uh, So be on the lookout for that. Make sure to follow Deep Six Wrestling on Twitter, uh, at Deep Six Wrestling. Make sure to follow, uh, subscribe to the YouTube, uh, at Deep Six Wrestling, uh, and follow along with us. Uh, It's free, it's easy. Uh, We like hearing your comments, your suggestions uh, about the shows uh, and what we do. Um, so yeah, um, we also are doing predictions this weekend for Money in the Bank, um, so if we do a prediction show, that will most likely be tomorrow, um, so be on the lookout for that as well, uh, and those will all be updated on the podcast feeds and the YouTube, uh, when they go out, uh, so yeah, uh, so yesterday was Impact's, uh, Go Home show for against all odds, and last week me and Angelo talked about how it felt like this was uh, going to be a pretty light show, Uh, it didn't seem like there were going to be too many matches added that had any storylines going with them, Uh, it felt like they were rushing things onto this card, uh, and that for the most part everything kind of seemed predictable. They have added more. We are up to, as of this recording, 10 matches. Um, So we'll go over that um, at the end. Uh, But yeah, we'd love to hear what you guys think about this. Uh, Feel free to reach out again on the comments section on YouTube, uh, on uh, our Twitter. uh, And we also normally do post stuff on Reddit as well on the Impact subreddit, on the AEW subreddit when we need to, uh, when we're talking about those specific things. Um, so yeah, um, feel free to talk about those on there so we can hear what you have to say. Um, so yeah, uh, we start off the show as normal with BTI. Uh, nothing really of note here um, with, you know, uh Iceman Intel being goofy as, as always, um, saying that, you know, he doesn't think that Eric Young knows what Diener and uh, Joe Doring are up to, um, but that maybe it would come out soon. Uh, it was very weird, um, as normal. Uh, also, we got to talk about, uh, we, we got our, our big match, which was... Uh, 
Raj Singh versus versus Rich Swan. Um, Brian Myers came out uh, saying he's a big fan of Rich Swan after facing him, and he's just out there to to watch, commentate, um, and that he's not going to go for a rematch for his uh, or for the uh, digital media title. Um, and yeah, we go in uh, to this and. This is just a typical Raj Singh match. He gets some offense in. Uh, it's it's fine. Um, I think the main situation here was just the fun stuff that Brian Myers is doing. Uh, he's commentating the match with the live mic. Uh, so everybody could hear it. He was leading chants, being goofy. Uh, as Pat said, he, he was acting like a boomer um, by doing the... You deserve this. Uh, you've still got this chance. And the crowd chanting along with them. Um, yeah. Uh, Rich Swan. I don't think anybody thought was going to lose this match. And he didn't. He wins. Um, there was uh, a point where it looked like Shira and uh, Brian Myers might get involved in this. Um, Rich Swan took them both out. Uh, and so after the match, Brian Myers attacks Rich uh, uh, with the roster cut. Uh, he then grabs the belt and starts choking uh, Rich Swan out with it, which I thought was really unique. You don't normally see that, and he also did it so that the actual metal of the belt was facing Swan, so it would do more damage, uh, which just makes sense. Uh, if you want to hurt somebody, you do that instead of having like the, the strap part touching them, because that's not going to do much. Um, yeah. Um... We go into our main show, and we start off with uh, no uh, intro. Uh, it is just straight into stuff. Uh, we've got James Storm and the Good Brothers walking backstage uh, and talking about how they, James Storm has this really bad idea. It's not a good idea. It's one of his worst ideas he's ever come up with, but he wants to try it anyway. And what it is, is he wants to try to convince PCO to turn on Honor No More after what had happened last week. Uh, and he thinks that he will join them uh, to make it a four-on-four four instead of a five-on-five. Five. Uh, now that the Briscoes have been taken out of the match. Um, they talk to PCO. They are talk saying, hey, you know. They're blaming you for all all the issues they have. It's not your fault. You've been doing well. Um, you should join us because they don't respect you, and we would. Uh, Vincent overhears this, apparently, and just comes over. He's like, hey, you can't talk to PCO like that, man. He, he's, he's a monster, and monsters don't need to be controlled by the likes of you. The only person who can control PCO is me. And honor no more, man. Dig what I'm saying, man. He says this all the the dig what I'm saying, man, and just saying man after like every sentence is getting pretty old there, Vincent. Um, he also challenges the Good Brothers to a match tonight, um, and says that he hopes that they've got their guns loaded because that's the only way you can take out PCO. Um, yeah. Um. This thing cuts right into uh, the ring, and 
we've already got our four X Division competitors in the ring, no entrances, uh, as we get right into stuff uh, for the Fatal 4-Way number one contendership match to determine who will be facing Mike Bailey for the X Division title at Against All Odds. Uh, the competitors in this are Chris Bay, Steve Macklin, Trey Miguel, and Laredo Kid. Um, this was a really hot match. It starts off the show really hot, as normal when you throw in an X Division title match, or any X Division match, I should say. Uh, it's always going to get the crowd going. It's going to make sure that your card st- starts off really strong. Um, and this was basically that. Um, everybody got some really good moves in here. Uh, for the most part, I thought Chris Bay was controlling most of this. Uh, it started off with Macklin dominating everybody, uh, but then he kind of just went to the outside uh, and wasn't really a f- main factor in this. Um, the main focus was just Chris Bay controlling the actions, determining basically who was going to be in, who was going to be out of the ring at each time, um, hitting some big moves, uh, failing to hit a, a big move. Um, he does go for an art of finesse uh, on Laredo Kid. Laredo Kid catches him. Um, they had a really good interaction in the middle uh, of the ring for quite some time. Um, but then Trey Miguel comes in uh, and gets involved with Chris Bay uh, and ends up pinning Chris Bay. I was surprised that Laredo Kid wasn't pinned here, um, but instead it was Chris Bay. Um, and Trey Miguel is the new number one contender. Um, yeah, I thought this was a good match. Um, it felt more like a best of the X Division, or best of uh, these four competitors uh, stuff. Um all, all their greatest hits were involved here, I felt like. Um, after me and Angelo talked about, you know, uh, I think it was two weeks ago at this point, uh, how, you know, Impact was doing doing it right by putting Deanna and uh, Chelsea watching the t- TV, watching the action uh, from behind the TV. Like, so it looked like they were watching TV normally. Uh, Impact completely got rid of that and we're like hey maybe we should have people break their necks at this um you do have mike bailey they cut two uh two or three times uh he wasn't it wasn't as egregious as other companies when they do this um he was kind of staring straight on at it and it was more from a back angle from him uh, but still looks silly uh and every time they cut to him uh they would cut the feed of the in-ring stuff so it was coming out of the TV that he was watching, and that just was very silly. Um, So, yeah, Uh, big up for the uh, match, but silly stuff with the production there. Um, After this, uh, we would get um, a little history i guess uh, of the clockwork orange house of fun match uh is described by the creator of it raven uh who is sitting at a playground and talking about how how it's you know playgrounds are fun and childhood is supposed to be fun so he created this match to replicate what 
his childhood was like and what he thinks people's upbringing should be uh, and that he hopes people get hurt in this match because getting hurt is fun. Um, he hopes there's a lot of blood spilt um, and that he's going to be there tonight at the Clockwork Orange House of Fun match. So that's that's interesting. Uh believe it, in June he had major surgery, so don't know if he's going to get actually physical in this, but he is going to be there. So interesting stuff. After this, we get Giselle Shaw versus Rosemary. We have Madison Rain and Tennille Dashwood on commentary. Um, Madison really struggles to put the headset on here um, because, according to her, it was affecting her her injury, which is her broken nose, that she's added more symptoms and it diagnoses to um, diagnosi, diagnosi, I don't know how to say it, um, but this just goes on and on for a bit, um, they don't think that Giselle is influence, uh, material, as, uh, they say on commentary, uh, but they are willing to give her a shot, uh, because she seems like she wants to prove herself, and they will allow anybody to prove themselves against people that they don't like. Um, Ty is at ringside for Rosemary. Um, this is a good match. Um, it went longer than I expected. Um, both, uh, Giselle and Rosemary get a lot of near falls throughout this match. Commentary was just too much, I think. Um, I've always, uh, complained when there's more than, three people at a booth and four people is just too much, uh, especially when three of them are heels, um, and all preventing the commentators from talking about the match, basically. Um, so if you like to listen to commentary, uh, throughout the match, it, it can get distracting. Um, I feel like if you, you, have it low or muted it might be a little bit better because um, there's just a lot going on in this uh, with commentary just talking over and over again uh, complaining about everything um, while Tom tries to get the match called um, Giselle looks like she's going to get defeated uh, which leads Madison and Tennille to get off the mics and go towards Taya. This distracts Rosemary. Uh, Tennille hits Taya from behind. Rosemary looks at Taya, then looks at Madison, yet growls at Madison. Giselle recovers, hits her finisher for the win, and Giselle wins and stands tall with the influence. So it does look like she is... If not part of the influence for now, it is just for the, this match then, uh, because it was announced afterwards that Giselle Shaw and Tennille Dashwood would be challenging Rosemary and Taya for the knockouts titles, uh, tag titles at Against All Odds. Um, after this, we go backstage and Mickey James is being interviewed by Gia uh, about um, Deanna and Chelsea. Uh, and 
Mickey talking about how, you know, Deanna and Chelsea always talk about everything. They always have to have their say, uh, and it's annoying, and it's bothersome. Chelsea and Deanna come out, and Chelsea just tries to throw out a bunch of nicknames at Mickey, which was very odd. Um, And I... I've said it before, I've said it again, everything involving Mickey James at this point in Impact, since she's come back, honestly, has been pretty bad. Um, her match has not been good. Um, her interactions with people have not been good. This, I wouldn't complain, I wouldn't say this was Mickey's fault. I think this was just everybody's fault. This was just bad. I don't I don't understand it. It didn't make it a lick of sense. It makes it makes it seem like all these people are just standing around backstage watching interviews happen and then they just pop in real quick when they want to interrupt because they've heard everything. It's really it just seems ridiculous. Um Deanna and Mickey or Deanna and Chelsea say that Mickey does, isn't going to have uh, chemistry with Mia because they've never tagged before and Chelsea and Deanna are best friends and a tag team so it's going to work out fine for them uh, Mickey doesn't have friends uh, Mickey says oh you know me I think it's going to be fine because I like to stand up for myself and then attacks Deanna and Chelsea Chelsea grabs Gia to use as a shield for some reason but then Mickey just attacks Deanna, so Chelsea moves Gia out of the way and starts attacking Mickey, and then Mia just shows up and was like, oh, I was here. Are you okay? And Mickey says, thanks. And it's, again, this was just goofy. It was silly. Made no sense. I don't want, I, I don't like this feud. Um... After this, Rosemary and Ty are backstage looking through a fanny pack, it seems, of different items that are in there. Uh, and she gets a ring necklace, uh, and she does some incantation or chant or spell on it. And Father James Mitchell appears uh, and says that he was in the middle of getting a menage a trois uh, with a siren and uh, a Jezebel. Uh, because he really wanted to see what uh, that would do. Um, good, good stuff. Good, good, good stuff by Father James Mitchell as always. Um, Rosemary uh, asks where Havoc is. Father James Mitchell says he he doesn't talk to Havoc. He doesn't know. Uh, to which Rosemary doesn't believe him. Uh, and Father James Mitchell says, "Oh, I might have seen her walking around somewhere." Um, so Rosemary says that. Uh, he, uh, she needs uh, Father James Mitchell to uh, give a message to Havoc when they, uh, he sees her next, which is all hands on deck. Um, and then Father James Mitchell leaves. Uh, yes. So it seems like Havoc will be returning uh, at Against All Odds uh, to try to help uh, Taya and uh, Rosemary. Um, after this, we get Savannah Evans versus Jordan Grace. This was a very quick match. Um, Jordan wins. Uh, not much to say. I'd say this was one of Savannah's better matches. 
even if it was quick, uh, she did look evenly matched with Jordan. It was just there was no real story here other than Jordan was going to win um, because of the weird stipulation that Tasha put out that if Jordan, the only way that she would cash in her rematch clause was if Jordan could make it past Savannah. Um, but then they had already made the uh, match announcement that this was going to happen. Um, and then commentary said it that again, saying that, you know, Tasha says that she's not, uh, that the only way Jordan can get the match between them is if Ta- uh, Jordan can beat Tasha or can beat Savannah. And it's just very silly. This is a very silly stipulation to put on there because if I'm Jordan, I'd, I'd purposely lose. <laughs> like, I I don't want to defend it against uh, Tasha. Why would I don't want to defend it against people? I want to hold on to my title. So if I don't have to wrestle uh, against all odds, I, I won't do it because I'll just lose. Uh, odd, odd situation, but yeah, um, Jordan wins. It proves that she's the strongest woman in Impact, basically. Um, but Tasha says that she will regain the title this weekend um after this we get a video package highlighting joe doring's uh history with all japan um as me and pat were watching this um we both said this was the video package that should have been done basically two years ago um when joe doring first appeared in impact um we've been for two years basically we've been told that he's like this big deal we should care about him uh, he's, um, he's been a monster in Japan, but they've only talked about it on commentary. They haven't said like what he's done, what his accomplishments are other than like when talking about him and Kojima's interactions before when Kojima showed up. Um, but now we actually have like this background of him being a tag team specialist, being the strongest person, uh, in all Japan, having feuds with the likes of Minoru Suzuki and Kojima and the great Muda, um, and being able, at least according to, uh, according to this video package, being able to best them all, um, being a multi-time world champion in the promotion, winning their, their version of world tag league, basically, um, the, this again this was the, the something that should have been done a while ago it's not it's waiting until the day before his title shot against Josh I get why why you're doing it now but it this should have been done months ago um, just to get people invested in this guy so that people understand that he's not just somebody who just stands there and growls uh, he, he is a threat. Uh, when he decides to wrestle. Um, but I thought this was really good. I thought this was a really good video package. Um, it was cool to see footage and photos and stuff of him winning titles and what he was doing in All Japan. Um, and being able to reference who he's faced. I thought that was really good. Uh, after this, this would set us to Josh Alexander's sit-down interview with Gia Miller um, about winning the title at Slammiversary. Uh, what his plans are next with the title, um, and what he thinks about Violent by Design and what Joe Doring and Dina are doing. Uh, he claims that he doesn't think that they are working with Eric Young at this point. He thinks that 
because we haven't heard from or seen Eric Young since Slammiversary. Uh, these guys are working on their own at this point. Um, but he wouldn't be surprised if Eric Young shows up from the shadows at uh, against all odds and gets himself involved in this. Um, this is, again, a, a, I don't want to say a silly thing, but it's it's not as impactful for them to be like, oh, where's Eric? We haven't seen him since Slammiversary. Uh, Josh said this last week um, when him and Dean are faced off um, that we hadn't seen Eric Young since Slammiversary, and it was silly then when he said it because this was the first show since Slammiversary. Now it's been two weeks. Um, and again, it's kind of silly because you're not, it's not really that impactful. Uh, there's so many times when like the loser of the world title match just isn't on TV right away. Um, especially a grueling one, uh, like, uh, what happened at Slammiversary. Um, it's, if this was a month down the line from, Slammiversary, it would make more sense, but two weeks is just a little odd for them to be like, where's Eric? We haven't heard from him in, in, in so long, but like, it's two weeks. Um, he does say that he's going to beat Diener, or not Diener, he's going to beat Joe Doring, uh, but he understands that this is one of the biggest tests he's had, um, but he looks forward to continuing as champion. Um, this would send us to PCO and Vincent versus the Good Brothers. Um, All of Honor No More are at ringside. Um, only James Storm comes out with the Good Brothers. I. This was a fine match. Um, I just think that there's there there was a lot of stuff going on on the outside. There's way too much panning to other people and not the what's going on in the ring. Um, having seven or eight people around ringside is a little distracting at any point, uh, especially when people get thrown out of the ring, uh, especially when people are on the apron. And it looks like, oh, we're, we might get involved here. Um, but I thought the action in the ring was fine. Um, Vincent gets rolled up by Carl Anderson, uh, which leads to all of Honor No More coming in once the bell sounds um, and beating up uh, the Good Brothers, beating up James Storm. Out comes Heath. Um, or, or first, out comes Chris Harris, who uh, just gets in the ring, and all of Honor No More just surround him as Matt Taven laughs at him, um, saying that who, who allowed this old-timer into the, uh, out of the, uh, the retirement home? Um, again, pretty odd to say that when somebody in your group is 50, is older than them. Um, this would lead to, uh, Heath coming out, um, and now it's two on six, basically, um, or two on five, um, and, but Heath has two really small, uh, steel pipes. Um, he gives one to Chris Harris. He keeps one for himself, and they run rough shot over 
the rest of Honor No More, and this allows James Storm and the Good Brothers to recover and help run off Honor No More. Uh, everybody celebrates in the ring. Everybody hits their finishers on uh, a member of Honor No More. Um, and But James Storm looks a little uh, concerned about Chris Harris being getting physical. Um, we'd go backstage, and the Good Brothers would be very hi- uh, happy about this. Heath was very happy, and Heath announces that he is the fourth member of their team uh, come against all odds. And then Chris Harris announces that he's the fifth member. Uh, James Storm sa- uh, says that he doesn't want Chris Harris getting involved. Uh, he's talked about this so, so many times with them that he can't get involved in this. Uh, Chris points out to James that you know, you keep on talking about how I'm in the best shape physically and mentally and spiritually that I've ever been, um, and that I'm the mo- at my most dangerous when uh, I'm all everything's set and focused. And I'm focused right now. Just let me prove that I can do this, uh, and that it's not going to do any damage to me here. Uh, and this allows James Storm to say, "Hey, we came into this business together. We're going to go out together as well." Um, they shake, they all celebrate, they all go off, and it is official, Heath and Chris Harris have replaced the Briscoes, uh, in the match at Against All Odds. Um, I think we made, me and Angela talked about, we thought Chris Harris was going to be added to this match once they announced the Briscoes were getting, uh, taken away. We didn't know who this last member would be, uh, the addition of Heath is kind of lackluster, um, but it makes sense uh, as, you know, I don't know, more have been taking out Heath over and over again. Um, so it makes sense for him to join up in here. This would take us to Ace Austin versus Alex Zane in a match that's had weeks and uh, almost a month now of, of story here um, in Impact as well as in New Japan, mainly New Japan, uh, with Ace joining Bullet Club uh, and Alex Zane and breaking up his friendship with Alex Zane uh, that started during the uh, Best of Super Juniors. Um, we've got Chris Bay at ringside. Uh, this is our first real uh, point of actually seeing them together, interacting together um, since Ace has joined the Bullet Club. Um, I thought this was a really good match. Um, I I haven't really. I, it's it's interesting because we we don't know what's next for Alex Zane. We know he's gonna stick stick in Japan for a bit, um, or he's back in Japan for a bit. Um, but we don't know like, is he si- signed with Japan uh, New Japan? It seems like he is. Is he going to be like one of the people who keeps on popping up in Impact? If so, I think that's a good uh, person to have for Impact is somebody uh, who's a bulky uh, X-Division competitor. Again, we've talked about this over and over again, that the X-Division needs more and more people um, to make it, you know, it's so it's not the same people competing over and over again for titles. Um, and Alex Zane getting thrown into the fray would be good. Um, he was a good addition to the Ultimate X match at Slammiversary, and I thought this was a really good match him and Ace had. Um, 
I think Alex Zane is somebody who I'm, I've been really impressed with before he went to WWE. Um, but in the few months now that we've seen him after he's left, I think he's just hit another level at this point. Um, him bulking up has been fantastic. Um, and the fact that he's still able to do a lot of his high-flying stuff, it reminds me a lot of Will Ospreay in a way. I think it, it's not me saying he's on the Osprey level, but it's the fact that he can still do a lot of the high-flying, like, flippy moves uh, that made him who he was, uh, just making it look more powerful at this point. Um, some of that was on display in this match. Um, but the main focus was just trying to see how personal this feud has gotten, both of them laying into each other, uh, throughout this match. Uh, the crowd was really behind Alex Zane at this point, um, but Chris Bay would prevent Alex Zane from getting the win. He'd grab Alex Zane while Ace was talking with the ref, um, and then it allowed Ace to get the win. Um, I'm, again, I think that if Alex Zane is going to continue to show up in Impact, I don't think this is the end of their uh, interactions. Um, so I think he goes back to Japan for a bit. He's already there. He's going to be on the these Road 2 shows, I believe, uh, coming up this week. Um, so be cool during the G1 because he's not involved in that. See if he shows up in America for a bit, uh, and if he's on any of these impact tapings. Um, this would lead us to our main event, which is Chris Sabin versus Frankie Kazarian, uh, and this just was phenomenal. Um, Frankie comes out, uh, he interacts with some of the fans, and then hugs and kisses his wife Tracy Brooks. And his son, Rebel, uh, who they did not acknowledge at Slammiversary. They just had a thing that said Tracy Brooks and Rebel, which is why we, me, Pat, everybody else thought that they meant Rebel from uh, AEW. It wasn't her. It was apparently the son. So sorry for not understanding that's who they meant. They didn't mention that. Uh, but now they did, and it makes more sense. Um, Saban comes out with Alex Shelley, um, who keeps on every so often giving uh, Chris uh, some pointers, uh, some tips, some coaching um, in the corner. Um, but this was just absolutely phenomenal. For a TV match like this, um, the, this hit every mark possible. Um, this was just absolutely fantastic wrestling. Um, please, if you, you haven't seen it already, go, it, words do not do it justice. I think everybody should go out and check this match out. It was fantastic. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure how long it went, but it flew by. Um, it was, it was long, but it kept your attention the entire time. Um, and it just was really, really good. Um, there was kicking out of finishers. They were hitting big moves nonstop in this. Um, their chemistry was absolutely insane. Commentary kept on saying this was the uh, 
only the second time they've faced uh, since that match uh, in 20 years ago, which was supposed to be the, the matchup of the future between the, the two in Impact. Um, I don't know if that's true, if they've had other singles matches before, and this was just commentary, like, talking about the only match that they wrote, that, like, they meant to say, oh, their first match was this. Um, but I thought this was just, knocks it out of the park. Um, this, this shows just how good Chris Sabin and Frank Kazarian still are. Even if they are some of the older veterans at this point, they can still hang with the best of them. Chris Sabin has been knocking out of the park over and over again this year, uh, with the likes of Chris Bay, Jay White, um, Speedball, um, the list goes on and on with people he's just been having fantastic matches with this year. And Frankie Kazarian is somebody who I think, uh, at least those in AEW who like were very excited for Kazarian to get his singles run, um, we know he can go very well. Uh, he, he can do really good work. Um, we've just been wanting to see it more and more. We thought we were going to see it with him and Scorpio. Uh, they had a good match, um, but then it went into that weird feud that nobody cared about, I don't think, uh, with Ty and uh, Sammy getting involved, and yeah, uh, this just shows that if you just let people wrestle, you don't need this overarching weird feud going on, just let the people go, give them uh, a match. Give them some time, and they're gonna knock it out of the park every time. Um, I don't. I think this is the end of Frankie in Impact. I'd assume, um, and yeah, I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, it will be very interesting to see uh, who uh, or what what comes next for the Mercy Machine Guns. But we do know what their next match is, uh, at least at against all odds. Um, they will be facing uh, Ace Austin and Chris Bay teaming for the first time uh, as part of Bullet Club. Um, so we do know that, um, but after that, who knows what's next for them. Uh, so yeah, I thought this was a pretty good wrestling card. Uh, the backstage stuff, yeah, I, I didn't need it all of it, um, but I'd give it a thumbs up. I definitely think this was a strong episode of Impact. Um, not the strongest, but still a strong one. Um, Against All Odds is tonight, 8 p.m. on uh, Impact Plus on YouTube for Ultimate Insiders, uh, as well as apparently on Fight TV, Uh, so make sure to check it out if you want. Uh, But yeah, we've got our Against All Odds card uh, for tonight. Um, We've got two pre-show matches. Um, We've got Rich Swan and Brian Myers. Uh, for the Digital Media Championship in a dot combat match. Um, it's just a no-rules match with internet and computer-related weapons. Um, and Black Tarus versus Laredo Kid. Uh, so that, both these matches should be very good. Um, for the main card, we've got the Motor City Machine Guns, uh, Alex Shelley and Chris Saban versus Bullet Clubs, Ace Austin, Chris Bay. 
We've got Rosemary and Taya Valkyrie defending their Impact Knockouts World Tag Team Championships against Giselle Shaw and Tennille Dashwood uh, with Madison Rain. Um, we have Mike Bailey defending his Impact X Division Championship against Trey Miguel. We have Mickey James and Mia Yim versus Chelsea Green and Deanna Perrazzo. Jordan Grace defends her Impact Knockouts World Championship against Tasha Steeles. Uh, Sammy Callahan versus Moose in a Clockwork Orange House of Fun match. Heath, Chris Harris, James Storm, and the Good Brothers, Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows, versus Honor No More, represented by Eddie Edwards, Kenny King, Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, and Vincent. Uh, and the main event being Josh Alexander versus Joe Doring for the Impact World Championship. Uh, so it does seem like a pretty good card. Um, I'm very excited for Ace and Chris Bay versus Motor City Machine Guns. I think that should be a knocked-out-of-the-park match. Um, Mike Bailey and Trey Miguel should be really good. They had a really good match uh, on the Fallout show before... Or not the Fallout show, uh, the Go Home show uh, to Slammiversary. Um, and I'm very interested in this Clockwork Orange House of Fun match. I've never seen one before. Uh, but we should be in for a treat because Sammy Callahan and Moose really knocked it out of the park at Slammiversary as well. Uh, so yeah. Um, other than that, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, not really any news or anything to talk about. Apparently there's a rumor that Bandito, I guess, came out and said that he's in talks with Impact. So that'd be a really good get for Impact again for their X Division. Um, but yeah, other than that, Take care, uh, and we'll be back with something for Against All Odds, uh, as well as most likely a Money in the Bank predictions this weekend. So thank you guys, stay safe, and we'll talk to you next time.